Welcome back to another episode of We Need More. This is the podcast where we interview trailblazers and disruptors on how they are changing the narrative in our communities. In this week's episode, we interview Brandon Frame, an author, producer, and known as the founder of The Black Man Can, an award-winning international recognized nonprofit focused on celebrating, educating, and inspiring boys and men of color, taking them from the classroom to the boardroom. Let's get into the episode. All right, Brandon. So the one thing we noticed is that when you came in here, you were wearing this shirt, right? That have three very important members that impacted so many people. It's an M at the top, and under the M it says Malcolm Martin Mandela, which I think is just a powerful thing just to see in general. Which M do you most connect with? Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I can't necessarily pick one, right? So I'm actually going to give you a quote that I live by, and I actually have artwork that has been, I have a, a, a one-of-a-kind piece of artwork that has been created based off of what I'm going to say. And so what it is, is that be, be so reminded of Martin, Malcolm, and Mandela, but yet so inspired to sketch your own path. So each one of them represents men who were great men, um, in history, we've seen movies that show not only their greatness, but their flaws and their shortcomings. With that, we saw them as human beings and the impact that they can make on the community and to be those stalwarts and that, again, you'd be so reminded of who they are, but from that, so reminded that it's inspiring you to sketch your own path so that you can achieve greatness and pursue excellence with impeccable effort. Introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Uh, Brandon Frame, I am the Chief Visionary Officer and founder of the Black Man Can Incorporated, a nonprofit and digital platform focused on celebrating, educating, and inspiring boys and men of color. And I'm also the Deputy Director of Social Emotional Learning at the Urban Assembly. And you are an author. And I'm an author of My First Tie, a children's book uh, that talks about little Dell and his journey to tie his tie for the first time um, with the support of his coach and father. And when did you write that? That came out in February of 2019. Yeah. A whole year ago when we met last time, you had already started The Black Man Can. What is that? And... What do you do? What do you all do? Um, the Black Man Can. So in 2010, it started as a blog and it has grown into this nonprofit. So like our, our nonprofit side of, of the work that we do is Black Man Can or the Building a Better Brothers Summit, mm-hmm. which is our conference that we take to different uh, communities across the country. We have Daddy Does Hair Too, which is our bonding experience between fathers and daughters. Mm-hmm. When did the, that start? We didn't talk about that last that time. Was, uh, we did our first one this past April. So we're going to be doing some more in 2020. I'm excited about that. We have at least two planned for 2020. One of them could be an international one. So I'm excited about that. That's another international one. So but. we'll see how that goes. But where those are conversations, serious conversations that we're having right now. Then we're also the digital side. So we one, we have a large presence on social media, about a half a million followers between the social media platforms 
platforms. And so with that, we create digital campaigns. So we recently did Respect the Black Woman, um, which was the ode to the black woman from the Black Man Can. That was the best one. Uh, people, that was one that had over a million uh, views collectively throughout social media. We did Black Men Winning Wednesdays, where we had young men become news anchors, and then they read scripts off a teleprompter, and then we produced the um, newscast that went out, Black Men Mondays, and a host of other things that we're going to continue to push forward and just to continue that mission of celebrating, educating, inspiring boys and men of color. Why? Uh, M.K. Asante is one of my favorite scholars. And he says, once you make an observation, you have an obligation. Mm -hmm. And back in 2010, I made an observation that boys and men of color need to see positive images of themselves, need to have their stories told, not just for our own um, psyche and our own um, ability to see what's possible and what we can accomplish, but for the world to see it and know that there's the positive contradiction to the prevailing black male image of today. Where did you see that was missing and why is it missing or why was it missing? It really hit me when I was in college, so attending Morehouse um, and just being around all my, my fellow brothers there. And then we actually brought young men to Morehouse. And then like many communities, like if you live on one side of the city, you never go to the other side of the city. So we had started a mentoring program on the east side of Atlanta. And so the students- Oh, had- so you've been doing this. Yes. Uh, yeah, we've been doing this before. We've been doing this for, for I've been in, in this work for a long time. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. And so we brought the boys to Morehouse and they got a chance to you know see the gym, the campus, meet some of the guys, play video games, just see what it's like to be a college student. Right. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, we did a debrief. And one of the young men said that the only other place that he could think that was like Morehouse was prison. So he couldn't think of another place with 3,000 black men at one place at one time. Mm-hmm. And that's the only, that was his only correlation to He was serious. He, he wasn't was being serious. facetious nope. or anything. Mm. And I said that that was one of the, that was one of the catalysts to be like, we need to showcase these stories and these narratives. That stuck with you. How did that make you feel at the time when he said that? Like heart, it's heartbroken. You know, it's just that. Morehouse is such a special place. To, and all, I, all these guys, everybody's got these dreams and these goals and these hopes for the future. And so do boys who are in middle school and elementary school, um, but they don't necessarily see. It's like when I talk to some boys, right? Or we were the young man who somebody asked us what we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And we yep. said, I wanted to go, I want to be pro athlete, or I want to be a rapper, right? We either were that boy, we know a boy, and then as grown men, you've met that boy, right? Yes. I never have an, a problem with that, right? I mean, you can say, what's your plan B and everything, but I never have a problem with that. One, because I also know why. One says that sometimes it's not about like the um, athletic ability or anything like what always what always baffles me is the confidence by which a young man says it. Right. So like I'm going to the league. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what bothers me because or not. That's not what bothers me. What bothers me is that if I meet a young man who who who's not saying that and he's like, I want to be a weatherman, meteorologist. I want to I meet a young man. He's like, I want to be a video game designer. They don't say it with the same confidence because mm. they haven't seen or met or somebody like that has been celebrated as much as we do um, athletes and entertainers. Mm-hmm. And so by creating a black man can, it creates an opportunity for us to celebrate those men and then for young, young men to see those images and those narratives and know that they can do it too. So with those young men, where were the gaps or deficits for the jobs that maybe they were saying that they were wanted to get into? 
I mean, I th- um, honestly, I think it kind of goes all the way down the line, like even to like if a young man says he wants to be a teacher. I didn't have my first black teacher until I got the Morehouse, right? Okay. So, like, it's kind of like there is no, they, we, we need a million more in everything, right? There is no profession where, you know, we need, we don't need more of us as well as like, and young men meeting men who do those things. Like, we at one of my schools, we're doing, we're bringing in a guy, and he's a, um, an art curator, right? Like, how many black mm-hmm. art curators do you know? Like, I know some, but you know what I'm saying? But like, me. you know, <laughs> right? And so, and like, this guy, this guy is the guy who helped um, bring all the art into Obama's summer that's home. That's dope, yeah. Right? Like, that's dope, right? Look, like, oh, look. and then and he then, got, yes. And then, the, got, and then the, the, kid, the kids get to meet, like, oh, like, mm-hmm. what happens to that kid who's a creator, mm-hmm. who's an artist? And they're like, oh, so there's a job for me? Yes. Right? There's a job for me like that I could do? Like, I don't like, only have to do art, but there's other jobs outside of like the mainstream jobs. Mm-hmm. There's jobs that support that. Exactly. That's that's what it comes down to. And get opportunity to expose um, young men to the, the plethora of things that they can do with their lives and that they have talents and skills that they can develop over time mm-hmm. so that they can have these opportunities. I'm going back to the part where you said that you didn't even have a black teacher or a ma- black male teacher until Morehouse. You grew up in Connecticut, right? Mm-hmm. And growing up in Connecticut, who were your male role models? My grandfather. And he passed away when I was in the seventh grade. Um, so then from there, I think it was a little bit of a void until I got to high school. Mm-hmm. And Coach Ken Smith was for basketball. Mr. Terrell Hill, who was the vice principal at the time, who, who's been my mentor since. He's a um, black male? Yes. Okay. Who's been my mentor like, almost since since like my senior year of high school. Frank Staples, who was a school counselor um, at Windsor High School. And then when I got to Morehouse... Uh, Dean Kevin Booker, Mr. Irvin Seabrook, and then the list just goes on. Mr. Floyd Green, and so mm-hmm. like over time, you know, I, I I would say like I've been I've been extremely fortunate that every single job that I've had since graduating from college, so almost every single job that I've had was because a black man saw potential in me and hired mm-hmm. me. So I've never. I have not applied for a job since I graduated from college. Like every job I've been recruited for, but I was recruited by a black man who saw like mm-hmm. that I had skills. Cause and all those jobs that I had, I didn't have resume experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had intangible skills um, that were transferable that I was like, I can teach you how to do this. Like this is what you gotta do every day. You have day. these I base can, skills. I can you teach you how to things. excel. I can teach you how to do XYZ. And so I've been fortunate mm-hmm. to have that as my um, life experience thus far. See, that's something that made me cry. With the Black Man Can, what were you trying to accomplish with this platform and where has it grown? I mean, I, I was just trying to tell the stories of the kings of the world mm-hmm. and it has grown into a whole movement, you know, where people all over the world um, use hashtag the black man can when they post a, a just a picture, mm-hmm. let alone if it's with their what their wife or their son or their daughter. Where it's grown to again, that's that's all God, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if you told me in 2010 yeah. that I'd be sitting here and like over the course of a decade, we got acknowledged by every probably every almost any every major media outlet has done in some way, shape, or form. Shouted out, highlighted the black man can, mm-hmm. you know, all the way up to the shade. The shade room has the shade room has posted pictures 
and you know put like these come from at the black man can mm-hmm. when they were doing like the shade room positive images of course, yeah. you know what i mean so like it's cool and um more people know about the black man can than know me right like i'm <laughs> just this little guy that sits in his apartment in the bronx and posts pictures you know <laughs> um so i think that it's just cool that you know to build something that is so much bigger than you could even dream of and that people believe in it and want to support it. And that's cool. It's cool. What did the black man can look like when it first came out? Yeah, that's a great question. I built this. I built, How many kids? Like, was it like one, two, three kids? No, nah, well, I mean, it's the, it started as a blog. So, okay. I mean, I built the website, like, you know, through like a little template. Yeah. Didn't have no, you know, graphic designer or anybody like helped me build it. I just, you know, went like, oh, we're going to have this section, this section. Boom, boom, boom. Reached out to people on Twitter to, to write stories about them. What it looks like now, the two websites that combine the Black Man Can, mm-hmm. blackmancan.com and the blackmancan.org which make up the work, um, that's not what it looked like in 2010. Mm-hmm. And we've had, we've probably had at least four or five different websites just because like formats change and like what's always appealing and stuff. Always, you know, yeah, just make sure that it stays up to date and stuff. So okay. what did the conferences look like? Your first conference? The first conference actually was really good. We did it in Hartford, Connecticut. It was at yeah. my school that I was at. In oh, you went back home and just got all the home. Okay. No, I just, I just, you know, I had, I, had, I had access to a building. So <laughs> yeah. I did it at my school. Um, and we had like almost 60, 70 boys at like the first one. And so we've had ones with up to like 250 boys. So, but I've also had summits with four boys, right? Mm -hmm. So the summit we had like four boys at, the summit before that we had like 200 boys, right? And so like, that's also like, oh man, we came, we went one place, it was lit. And then we went another place and like everybody had to give the same type of performance, you know, that they gave when they had 50, 60, 100, Mm -hmm. 200 boys in a room with four boys, right? That's the hallmark one of great speakers and people that are dedicated, but it's like I could have stopped from them like, yo, dang, like we came to a whole nother state. We supposed to like we doing good work and only four boys came, you know, but you know, you persevere, yep. push past that. And like then there's guys who have come to different summits and they'll like they might that some guys that was their first summit, right? Mm-hmm. That they had ever been to. And then they came to another one with two hundred boys. Like, yo, I remember when I was with you with four boys. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, man, I remember when we had the four boys too, you know? So it's kinda like that's gets to be the testimony. What happens at these conferences and what do you want our kings to walk away with? Or continue to do? Um, they get to um, receive copies of the Black Man Can Journal, Define Yourself, Redefine the World, a guided journal for boys and men of color. They receive ties. Yes, from nine to three. Okay. Um, ties, keynote speaker, workshops, um, brotherhood, leadership, positive self identity, academic excellence. Um, those are some of the broad topics. And depending on who we have as speakers, they can get a little more focused finance, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Um, and and the list goes on. So that's what happens in a in a full day um, mm-hmm. conference. And what do you want them to walk away with? The biggest thing is positive positive self identity development, right? That they can they've now met men who care about them, mm-hmm. who like who have told them like I'm here because I love you. Mm-hmm. I don't even know you, but I love mm-hmm. you, and I want to see you be successful. And you there is there is creating that awareness of external supports, right? Like and it also it's okay to ask for help, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that like I was once you, you can be me. And here's the steps in order for you to be able to do that. Like, not just the conversation, but here's some tangible, here's some tools Mm -hmm. that you can then walk away with to be able to manifest your dreams and goals and make them a reality. This boy came in most likely, like, I would say at least 50, 60, you're like, yeah, my mom made me come or the school made me come, (laughs) right? And then they're like, yeah, I'm so happy that I came today. 
See, that's it. That's it right Cause there. Because I, I think for women have a natural tendency. This is I'm generalizing here, but I believe women have a natural tendency to create community. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, like I'm a mom. So you're going to hang out with other moms because <laughs> there's a shared experience. Right. Um, or just as women, like just just trying to be a woman, being a mom, a wife um, and have your career and chase your passion and trying to do all those things together. It's natural for women to then commune, commune to then talk about how they actually are going to persevere and move past to make things happen. Men don't have a natural tendency to do that. They have a natural tendency to suffer in silence, right? And not talk about that. And so it's important for us to create those spaces for boys and men to come together to know that they're not suffering in silence, that they're not on an island by themselves, that you can ask for help, that you have your brother's support. Um, It's important for us as an organization to make sure that we create those spaces. All right, Brandon. So I want you to look on Instagram under the black man can, pick a post, which post sticks out to you? Okay. You know, um, I appreciate this to find the, a post to talk about on The Black <laughs> Man Can. What's interesting is, like, so many of these people, like, I've actually talked to, right? Like, they send me their picture. Mm-hmm. I don't know them. They don't know me. They don't even know they're talking to me, right? Yeah. But they're talking to me. And, like, the stories of men who send their proposal pictures in or their fatherhood pictures or their, um, my wife pictures are the ones that tag us. And then I, you know, I post it. They're like, oh, thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, it's... It's, it's an honor to post you. Like, the black man can't exist without you. Like, it's you who the man who's doing the, being the right husband, being the father and mm-hmm. pursuing your excellence in your career. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm just here to, to, to tell the story, you know? Um, I might even do two because I feel like it kind of captures everything. So, one I'm looking at here is a, a father and a son. So, they just left the barbershop and they're sitting there and they're like, who's fresher? You know, and like I, I like who 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 got the better lineup or whatever, and I just think like that's just that's just like as a as a as a man who doesn't have children, um, that's something I like. I'm like y'all kind of that, that's gonna be fun to to like you know create traditions, right? That you get to do like yo, what we do on Saturdays or Wednesday, whatever day of the week, so we go get our hair cut mm-hmm. and then like we go get something to eat, right? Yeah. And that's just like our thing, or like I know something else I want to do with my with with my sons and, da- and daughters, whichever I. I'm blessed to have is to do like one like sporting event, like at least one major sporting event a year that they like. What if right? they don't like the Cowboys? That's fine. You know, I mean, that's just football. It's more a sporting event. Like my daughter's into tennis or gymnastics. Like, all right, we got to go to the, t- yeah. we got to go. And then whatever my, whatever sport they're into, if it's squash, then we're going to go to the squash tournament. Like, you know, like it's, it's that one thing that we kind of do like a, um, that we get to do. And then another one, um, wife who's just laying on her husband. And there's, there's a whole caption with that. And I just talked about like, we met at 18 and 19. We got married at 22, 23. And then we got, and mar- and then we had our first kid and so now they're celebrating like 10 years of marriage um but like and it's it's their daughter who's filming them just yeah, like, just her laying <laughs> his mom her mom laying on the husband and i think this for one for a child to see um for for especially for a daughter a um, son would be too but for a daughter to see how her dad loves her mom like we don't think about how these images will impact mm-hmm. her as she gets older and like no i know what um, good love looks like. I know how I'm supposed to be treated. And then that just the caption of just talking about like the love that they have for each other uh, and that falling black in love. And, and, that, and that these two images kind of encompass like Kings Commit, falling black in love, and ultimately the black man can. What do we need more of in our community? More people who are definitely politically aware 
that they need to vote, not just in presidential elections, but state and local elections. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like when we think about some of the things that become real news stories, it's not federal. Like, yes, Donald Trump and all the different things are like an issue and some of the things that we see, but a lot of, but when we, some stuff that we see has nothing to do with federal policies. It has everything to do with state and local elections. Like who your DA Mm -hmm. is has nothing to do with the president of the United States and anything of those policies. So I think we need more people to be politically aware. Why are you bringing that up? Because like sometimes you'll, you'll see the changing of a guard in certain places when it's a presidential election, but then like that state and local election, like like to be like mayor of Hartford, Connecticut, you need like 4,000 votes. Like that's crazy to me, you know, in a city of 200,000 200, people or whatever, how many people yeah. live in Hartford, you know what I mean? Like I think that that's a problem, right? Like you just need to go to like one constituency group. If you get their support, then boom. But using the know? example of like the DA, what... I mean, you, how does that impact someone? I mean, so like, let's take Florida and like, like stand your ground. Like, that's a that's a state law. It's not a federal law. It's a state law. And so, like, you, if we're aware politically that that law could not have been passed, and Trayvon Martin's killer would have maybe been convicted, right? You know, so it's just those type of things that I think are really important. I think we need more financial literacy in our communities because we know that when Black people die, like. They only left like $5 compared to like Mm $4,000 for like white people, you know? So I think we definitely need to become more aware like that investing is not for rich, is only for rich people, it's for everybody, right? And just those different type of of things. So just being financially literate in terms of like how you can use life insurance um, policies to build wealth, right? These are real things that we're just not aware of. You know, I hate when I see people pass away early or unexpectedly and then they got to do a GoFundMe to pay for the funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's because we're not necessarily aware of things um, financially of, that we have access to. Um, and then we need more mentors and people just wanting to give a little bit of time. If you don't necessarily have the time, then take $150 a year and be like, all right, I'm going to donate that to an organization that I know is doing good work. I have a different philosophy when it comes to um, tithing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying people don't necessarily always agree with me, but I'm, it's just how I feel. Like, I feel like that the concept of tithing, like, I, if you're going to, I don't necessarily believe that you have to give 10% to a church. I think that you should give 10% of your income back, period. If some of that goes to the church that you go to, that's great. Mm-hmm. If another go, if you give 5% of that to the church you go to, you give another 1%, 2% to a nonprofit, boom. So, like, if you make, uh, $60,000 a year and you're giving away $6,000, I personally don't think that that all 6000 should go to the church that you go to. You know, it's one organization. I think you should think about, like, how are you going to spread out and your, your $6,000? Opportunity to spread it out if you want to. Yeah, that's, that's just, like, my, my thoughts around that, so we need more of that. The one thing I'm hearing more so is impact, and I'm hearing a lot about inspiration and how those who come before us can definitely impact or change the trajectory of a child's life. Who are the men that impacted you in your life since you were younger all the way to now that you know if they weren't around, you wouldn't be the man you are today? Uh, Howard Davis, Coach Ken Smith, Dr. Terrell Hill, Dr. Frank Staples, Mr. David Adams, Mr. Irvin Seabrook, Dean Kevin Booker, Mr. Glenn Kimbrough, Mr. Floyd Green. Without without those guys, um, I wouldn't be the man that I am now. I wouldn't have the opportunities that I have now. 
they have all paved the way for me to become the man that I need to be for the world, for, for myself, for my future family, for the community, for society as a whole. Appreciate you doing this, Brandon. Thank no you. Where can people find you? www.theblackmancan.org, www.theblackmancan.com. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at theblackmancan. Email team at theblackmancan.org um, as well to get in touch with me. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you so much us. for having me. I love the <laughs> podcast. We need more. I love the title. Um, I love the work that you all are doing. Uh, it's more an honor to have the opportunity to, to sit with you and talk about the Black Man Can. I think, you know, I'm just blessed to, that you think enough of the work that we are doing to even want to sit down and have a conversation with me. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time. You are appreciated. You are valued. Um, and any way that I can support you, uh, please let me know. If you like this week's show, please leave a review and five stars. And follow us on IG to get exclusives on our guests and upcoming guests. Now, if you have a suggestion on who we should interview next, email us or DM us. Thank you again for your support as we continue to change the narrative.